Bill Belichick has been shopping quarterback Mac Jones, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should absolutely be interested in discussing a possible purchase. I'll tell you why you shouldn't be so quick to dismiss the young quarterback right now on Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you always get the latest episodes as they drop. I'm David Harrison, Tuesday host here on Locked On Bucks, staff writer for BucksGameDay.com, a part of Sports Illustrated's fan nation. I'm here, there, or on Twitter at DHarrison82. Make sure you're also following my co-host James Jarko at jarko underscore bucks. And so I'll find his work on SBNation.com, where he is the deputy editor of BucksNation.com. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks first listen or your first view today and every day. This episode is all about quarterback Mac Jones. I'm going to need you to do me a favor. Listen and watch to this episode in completion because I'm going to tie all of this together. And the initial information is going to play into the middle information, which is going to play into the last bit of this episode. And then at the end, you kind of get the entire picture of what we're talking about. But the basis of the conversation is that Mac Jones is being shopped for trade by his head coach, New England Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick. And if you ask me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely need to be getting involved in these conversations. Now, again, I also said they need to talk to Lamar Jackson. Doesn't mean they're going to sign Lamar Jackson. Just means they owe it to themselves, the franchise, and the fan base to at least kick the tires on what could be a franchise quarterback. This is a similar type situation, but we cost much, much less. We'll get into that here in just a minute. According to Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, who reported recently, quote, per a source with knowledge of the situation, Belichick has shopped Jones to multiple teams during the 2023 offseason. The full list of potential destinations isn't known. The teams mentioned as potential destinations were the Raiders, Texans, Buccaneers, and Commanders, end quote. So Buccaneers on the list, that is why we're here. Now, there are a lot of layers to this thing. Like I said, I need you to kind of hang with me here, and I promise that there is a, a grand reveal at the end coming then you can tell me what you think if you're still not sold which i'm sure uh that you you might be uh might not be sold on the idea uh please feel free to tell me but i wanted to give this a shot i want to see if there's a world where we can make this thing work i think you're going to like what i did even if you don't like the fit still you may at least appreciate the work uh that went into uh doing what we what we did here first and foremost before we can state why the buccaneers should entertain this thought we have to know exactly what we're talking about here and that comes comes down to cost, right? How much is this going to potentially cost? In order to determine that, I went ahead and turned our attention to two recent trades involving first-round quarterback, first-round drafted quarterbacks by NFL teams that traded them either at the end of their rookie deal or before the end of their rookie deal. And those two quarterbacks are Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz. So when you look at Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold drafted by the New York Jets, eventually traded to the Carolina Panthers, Carson Wentz drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, eventually traded to the Indianapolis Colts in the Jets situation. They got a 2021 six round draft pick, a 2022 second round draft pick and a 2022 fourth round draft pick in exchange for Sam Darnold. The New York Jets, meanwhile, got a got a one year deal remaining with Sam Darnold, the option to pick up the fifth year option, which they, they uh, did eventually do. Uh, left on that rookie deal. So really one or two years of controlling him if they wanted to. 
No Pro Bowls, no playoffs. Using the Fitzgerald Spielberger NFL draft trade value chart, which is what we're using because that one weighs player contributions and performance a little bit heavier than some of the other ones do. The Jets got a, an equivalent value of 2,023 points, which is a 420-point depreciation from where they drafted Sam Darnold, uh, which is the equivalent of the 32nd overall pick in the NFL draft. So they drafted Darnold. Uh, third overall essentially got the equivalent of a 32nd pick when you combine the values of all the picks that they got back for him. So not a bad return on investment considering it's a failed quarterback experiment. In the Philadelphia Eagles instance, Carson Wentz traded to the Indianapolis Colts. In that deal, the Eagles got a 2021 third-round pick and a 2022 first-round pick. The Colts got, of course, Carson Wentz, who had just signed a new extension that picked up the year he started with the Indianapolis Colts. So technically traded uh, shortly after his, his rookie deal was set to expire. Four years remaining on that contract. Had one playoff start, only threw four passes in that game before he was knocked out uh, by Jadavian Clowney. A near MVP season before injury derailed that. And then ultimately the Philadelphia Eagles won a Super Bowl uh, with Nick Foles. So in that deal, the Eagles got equivalent draft pick value of 2,350 points, which is a 299-point depreciation for Wentz from where he was drafted by the Eagles, which is uh, the equivalent of right between the number 13 and number 12 overall pick. So those numbers are going to play a role into what we talk about coming up next. As the historic value of previous first-round drafted quarterbacks traded by their teams uh, at or before the end of their rookie deal, certainly going to kind of – it's going to serve as a building point for the offer that I'm going to build here for the Buccaneers to potentially offer to the New England Patriots. But there's also a hurdle that has to be cleared in New England itself before any type of deal could be made, whether it's with the Bucs, the Commanders, the Raiders, the Texans, anybody – uh, what Tampa Bay would likely have to pay and what that issue is inside the Patriots organization, how they can clear that that hurdle is going to be the key to this whole thing. That's all coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And that's going to be coming up thanks to our friends over at FanDuel Grand Slams. No hitters and double plays are back and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers can step up to the plate and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Right now, if you put $100 on the Tampa Bay Rays to win the World Series, you will get $1,000 if they actually make good on it. Do the math. $200 is $2,000. $300 is $3,000, so on and so forth. Or... You want to play it safe, you can put 100 bucks on the Houston Astros or the Los Angeles Dodgers who have matching best odds in all Major League Baseball right now. That will pay out $650 if that comes to fruition. Of course, if you want to get really bold, put 500 bucks on the Oakland Athletics who have the worst odds in baseball to win the World Series. But if they do, you win half a million dollars. Whatever you choose, don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bucks first listen or your first view of the day. Continuing our discussion about what the Buccaneers might have to give up in a trade for Patriots quarterback Mac Jones. The Jets, to recap, got 593 points back for Sam Darnold, who had no Pro Bowl appearances, no playoff experiences, while the Eagles... Got 1,100, just over 1,100 points for Carson Wentz, who had one Pro Bowl, barely any playoff experience, 
and was going to a team with a familiar coach and four years left on his contract. Granted, it was a little bit of a heftier price tag contract, but that was the scenario. In this scenario, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be getting Mac Jones, who has one Pro Bowl selection, one full road playoff loss. And I say it that way because he did play the game, started the game, uh, has much more experience than just four uh, passes. Granted, again, it was a loss. It was on the road in Buffalo. But that experience, I do think, is still uh, somewhat important. And two years left on his rookie deal, plus the fifth-year option if the Buccaneers were to uh, accept that or, or you know put that in place. But he would be joining a coaching staff that he's not familiar with. Regardless, Mac Jones is about to play in the third offense in three years since he's joined the National Football League. But the other part to this valuation of Mac Jones is the tension between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick because as we've seen in trade conversations time and time again in the National Football League, quarterback or not, tension between the player and the organization, especially a head coach, GM, or owner, devalues that player greatly in the eyes of people who are bidding to potentially grab him because, I mean, let's face it, it's not working. doesn't look like people really want to make it work. So if it's not going to work for you, it may work for us, but we're not going to pay you everything. We're not going to give you the farm. Uh, in order to do it. And according to Chris Sims, again, a pro football talk, Mac actually started calling back to Alabama during the last season to get insight on how to work with Matt Patricia and work within and run his offense. Now, Matt Patricia is not an offensive coach until last season. He's never been an offensive coach in the National Football League. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in 2022, not only is he coaching the offense, but he's running the offense. He's play calling. He's play designing. And he's doing it with a second-year quarterback who spent the previous season, his only his first season, his Pro Bowl season, playoff season with Josh McDaniels. So quite the change in scenery. Uh, and we'll talk here in a little bit about how that really impacted Mac Jones and why that's also kind of impacted everybody's opinion of him as well. So given all of those aspects, right, he's got a Pro Bowl berth. He's been to the playoffs, but he did kind of have that falling out. He, him and his coach aren't getting along very well. I'm going to put his valuation depreciation, right? Kind of right in the middle. So Sam Darnold's depreciation was 420 points. Carson Wentz's depreciation was 299 points. So that gives us a depreciation right in the 360 range for Sam Darnold, for Mac Jones, rather. Mac Jones originally drafted at number 15, which has a value of 1,628 points, gives us a value when you decrease that of 1,268 points. So with those valuations in mind, here is essentially what I offer to the New England Patriots if you are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In this trade proposal, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get third-year quarterback Mac Jones. The New England Patriots get a 2023 sixth-round pick. That's a sixth-round pick. This year, that would be pick number 196. Remember, the New York Jets, when they traded Sam Darnold, they took a late-round pick the first year, the year of the trade. They got their mid-round pick the following year. Actually, it was a second-round pick, but they got their, their better pick the following year, not the year that they made the trade. So we're kind of following that same model here in this deal. The Buccaneers would give a third-round pick to the Patriots in 2024 and a seventh-round pick in 2024 to make the math work. That gives us a total value of 1,323 points, which is above the actual estimated devaluation price of 1,268 points. Gives them, the New England Patriots, the equivalent total value of about the 27th, 28th pick in the first round of the NFL draft. Now, I know from listening to Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes that they kind of expect that it's going to take a second-round pick and then some change, which is what sixth and seventh-round draft picks are, is the change. Here, I'm presenting a third-round pick. The math works. Uh, the, the the case studies of Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, 
uh, seem to work as well. Look, if you got to make that a third round pick, that is a conditional second round pick. If, you know, Mac Jones does this and does that and plays this much and throws these many touchdowns, I would be fine with that too. Because if you get that production from Mac Jones, you're going to be okay giving up that second round pick. But if you don't get that production, it's a third round pick. And I'll explain to you here in a second why I'm okay with that. So why should the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do this? Well, we know right now that they have no clear answer for who their franchise quarterback is. It could be Kyle Trask. It could be Baker Mayfield. It could be anybody. It could be Mac Jones. It could be Caleb Williams. We have no idea. But we do know that Mac Jones is available right now. Again, two years left on his rookie deal. So you have him for 23 and 24 minimum. If he does well enough in 23 that you want to exercise that fifth-year option, you can bring him back for the 2026 season under what would then be on or around about $24 million, which is a lot of money if you're talking about a potential backup quarterback, right? But if you're talking about a potential starting quarterback, that's really not that much money when you're talking about how the market is swinging $40 million contracts towards some of these quarterbacks. So for the Buccaneers, it basically gives you three years of paying average or less starting caliber quarterback money potentially to a young quarterback that you can develop with Dave Canales do all these things again Mac Jones did have a Pro Bowl season as a rookie and salary cap wise he's owed less than five million dollars over the next two seasons so you get a cheap young quarterback with multiple years left on the deal you get a whole season for you Dave Canales Jason Light everybody to figure out if you think he could possibly be the answer for the future if he could you pick up the fifth year deal if he if he's not you keep him on as a backup or you keep him on as a developmental guy uh, if you're lucky, maybe he gets a fat deal and you get a compensatory pick out of it. Now, there is a countering thought to the idea that New England may even be willing to trade Mac Jones. And that thought comes from New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft, who recently said to media at the league meetings in Phoenix, quote, I'm a big fan of Mac. He came, he came to us as a rookie. He quarterbacked in his rookie season and did a very fine job. I thought we made the playoffs. I think we experimented with some things that last year. I think we experimented with some things last year that frankly didn't work when it came to him, in my opinion, end quote. Why is that important? You basically have an NFL owner sitting here saying our coach is messed up. Our coach is messed up. They put him in bad situations. They did some things experimenting with the offense that did not work with Mac. Basically saying it wasn't Mac's fault. It was the coach's fault. And that's huge. That's incredibly significant because you're talking about Bill Belichick. And I think Bucks fans are going to be like a lot of fans. And when you look at the season that Mac Jones had, you're going to say, man, this dude fell off a cliff, came out of his rookie season, did better than I think most people thought he would, comes out in his second season, and aha, we were all right. That's exactly what he thought he was going to be. But you have Robert Kraft sitting here saying that's not the case. It wasn't Mac Jones. It was the coaches. But there are also other people saying the same thing. That according to Mike Giardi, who recently took to Twitter and tweeted, quote, talk to many people about this, talking about the Belichick-Mac Jones situation. To a man, those who have seen slash felt this roll their eyes. One source said to me, I don't know what Bill thought was going to happen. The decisions he made set the table for Max regression. For the entire offensive regression, the offensive dysfunction was felt on all levels of the offense and by all position groups. There were coaches who knew that this system, play calling, play design was not up to previous standards set in Foxborough with Josh McDaniels in charge. The players felt it. And lastly, on a personal note, I have no horse in the race. I don't give a damn who starts. Mac, Zappy, QB to be named later does not matter. Although, if you whiffed on a first-round quarterback, that is fair game to dissect. End quote. Again, that's Mike Giardi talking to people involved in the situation, close to the situation, 
Uh, Brian Hoyer is no longer with the organization because he was so basically against what was happening on the offense that they went ahead and moved on from him. I mean, some of this is on Mac Jones, right? At the end of the day, you have to be accountable for when you release the ball, where you put the ball, and all those other things, right? But it is very clear that from day one of putting a defensive coach in charge of your offense, not just putting a defensive coach on the offensive staff for the first time. No, putting a defensive coach who has never been on an NFL offensive staff, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but in charge of the offensive side of the ball. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely I'm not even a Mac Jones defender, guys, but that is a ridiculous thought process to have. Uh, as we do when we discuss these matters, let's take a look at what scenario would get Robert Kraft to potentially change his mind and allow a deal to even happen that would send Mac Jones anywhere, let alone Tampa Bay. That is coming up next here on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. And today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile gaming app. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good NFL GM, you've got to give this game a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build that historic dynasty. You start off with the worst roster in all of football, and then you have the opportunity to retain, release, or trade your players, hire and fire coaches, and most importantly, decide who is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft all in a challenging and realistic gaming world ultimate football gm is completely free and playable offline on the go as you want when you want locked on bucks listeners you get a 100 free boost to your franchise when you use a promo code locked on in all caps in the game store that's locked on all caps so make sure you check it out today to download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store that's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today Belichick and Mac Jones may have fallen out of favor with each other, but Robert Kraft still says he likes the kid and may feel like New England can honestly get it turned around since they've added offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, an actual offensive coach running an offense in the NFL. It's, it's, it's insane, the things that are happening in today's NFL. Uh, but anyway, I don't know that Bill, 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 Bill Belichick is really willing to move on, though. Bill Belichick is a guy that, uh, to be quite honest with you, does not seem to be the kind of coach that's going to appreciate hearing that his young quarterback is calling back to college to find out how to deal with his coaches and his coordinators. So I don't know that this is really a relationship uh, that's going to be able to mend between Belichick and Mac Jones. Obviously, we will find out. But we do know that Robert Kraft still has faith in Mac Jones and certainly sounds like he wants to see Mac Jones stay in a Patriots uniform. And while Bill Belichick obviously has control of the roster as part of his principal duties, uh, Robert Kraft still owns the team. So at the end of the day, if Robert Kraft says, hey, Bill, Mac Jones is your quarterback, Mac Jones is going to be your quarterback, but Robert Kraft may instead say, hey, Bill, if you want to get rid of Mac Jones, who I think you messed up more than he messed up, you got to give me somebody else. We're not we're not going to do this for just Bailey Zappi. So in order for the Patriots to even trade Mac Jones in the first place, I think they've got to get a quarterback in round one. And I think if they get a quarterback in round one, that quarterback is most likely to be Will Levis. That's who they're going to look to to see if they can be the Josh Allen Slayer and take the division back from the Buffalo Bills after having it under their control, the Patriots, for the last two decades. If Belichick is going to convince Kraft to do what he wants him to do, he's got to give him a new quarterback and a new player for Bill O'Brien to mold into his offense. Yesterday, we looked at Vinny Iyer's mock draft from the Sporting News on Mock Draft Monday, and he had Levis dropping all the way to the Buccaneers at number 19. So we're going to use that projection, and we're going to start there. We're going to plug that into PFF.com. But instead, the New England Patriots take Will Levis at number 14 
And when the Buccaneers come on the clock at number 19, we have got the phone lines ringing. And the one we're going to answer is the phone call coming from the same Buffalo Bills that the New England Patriots are currently trying to thwart in uh, the AFC East out there. Now, we're going to make a trade here with pick number 19. So we've already made a trade, right? The, the New England Patriots draft Will Levis. We immediately get on the phone and we flip those picks. Uh, you know, next year's third, this year's sixth, next year's seventh for Mac Jones. We got Mac Jones on the roster, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Traps. We got three solid young quarterbacks. We'll figure out who the guy is and who's going to win that job. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we still have the rest of the NFL draft to go through. So we answer the phone with the Buffalo Bills and we got to get this math to work out. Now, here we're going to switch back to the traditional Jimmy Johnson model. The Jimmy Johnson model just values picks without players attached to them. So we're going to go back to that model for this whole situation. I'm going to move back with the Bills from 19 to 27. And in the process of moving back eight spots in the first round, I'm going to get Buffalo's 2024 third round pick in exchange. So there is your third round pick that you're sending to the Patriots for Mac Jones. You're getting that third round pick back essentially by grabbing Buffalo's third round pick next year in this trade back. So I get a third to replace the one I'm sending next year, but the math isn't done. So I'm also getting a number 130 pick this year, which is a fourth rounder. That's right, James Jarko. I got the fourth rounder, not you, even though you promised it to me. I got it. That's okay. We're also getting number 205 this year, which is a sixth rounder, and we're getting a sixth rounder next year. So that's a third and a sixth rounder next year, a fourth and a sixth rounder this year, along with a third next year. Trust me, the math works, so check out the Jimmy Johnson model. Now, Buffalo moved up to 19. They take cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland, which does hurt a little bit because he is kind of a nickel guy. We could use a nickel guy, certainly. But look, we got we to gotta do what we got to do to make the team work. But when we get back on the clock at number 27, waiting for us there is Anton Harrison, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. So we make him the 27th overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. We come back at number 50, and we take Washington State linebacker Dayon Henley. So there's our guy to come in maybe replace Levante David, kind of learn and develop behind him and Devin White. Number 82, we get safety Sidney Brown out of Illinois. And when Antoine Winfield Jr. is playing deep, Sidney Brown certainly looks like a guy who come in and step in as a nickel early. Or if we like Antoine Winfield dropping down into the nickel, we put Sidney Brown on top as a free safety next to uh, Logan Neal back there. Come back at number 118, we get guard Chandler Zavala out of NC State. And at 130, we get running back Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. That's as far as I went with this mock draft because this is the end of the episode. This isn't a full mock draft Monday. Just kind of wanted to give you an idea. By the way, we still have a bunch of day three picks still left. So in reality, when you look at this deal and the way that I've been able to break this down, and again, everybody's got to make this happen, right? you got to have dancers on both sides of the aisle. In reality, though, if you can make this work this way, the Buccaneers only lose a 2024 seventh-round draft pick. But in exchange, you get quarterback Mac Jones, tackle Anton Harrison, linebacker Dayon Henley, safety Sidney Brown, running back Zach Evans, guard Chandler Zavala, and, oh, I don't know, half a dozen more day three prospects. Uh, look, I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy. I wasn't a huge Mac Jones guy when he came out in the NFL draft, but he's got some, some, some talent to him, right? He obviously showed the ability to operate an NFL offense his first year with the New England Patriots. We have confidence in Dave uh, Canales here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give him all the young quarterbacks you can throw at him with all the potential you can throw at him and experience you can throw at him and let him figure out who the best guy is for the job. In the meantime, 
you're stacking players. Anton Harrison, a linebacker, a safety, a running back, and another offensive lineman. And you still got six other players that you're going to bring in who could contribute, developing and contributing type players. To me, it sounds like a good deal. And at the end of the day, you're really only giving up a seventh round pick to do it to get a former first round quarterback. So to me, whether you love Mac Jones or you hate Mac Jones, I feel like you have to acknowledge the fact that, yes, this man has run an NFL's caliber offense and he did it fairly well. Give him the opportunity here for a seventh round draft pick. I mean, you can get much worse players for seventh round draft picks. Uh, you're a Bucks fan. You've seen it. We've all seen it, right? In the meantime, I want to thank you for seeing this episode of Locked On Bucks, for making this first listener your first view of the day. For your second, please check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. Shout out to our guys, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. They did a really great episode on the drama between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick that really kind of inspired this whole thing because they kind of started talking. I said, you know what? Maybe this thing can work. Maybe we could work out a deal where the Buccaneers essentially get Mac Jones almost for free. And uh, again, you got to get the Pats to dance. You got to get the Bills to dance. But if you do, you essentially did it for a seventh round pick. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Tomorrow's WTSP Wednesday here on Locked On Bucks. James will be back and joined by Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay. So make sure you come through for that. I hope they react and listen and go through uh, this scenario and let me know where they think I'm wrong. If you got questions or topics or comments about this episode that you want to send in, throw them in a locked on bucks podcast at gmail.com or DM them to locked on bucks on Twitter and know that if you do it before the next episode, I will not be there to defend myself. One last time. I'm David Harrison, your Tuesday host here at locked on bucks until we speak again, make sure you're checking out everything at bucksnation.com and at bucksgameday.com. Find me on Twitter at D Harrison 82, find James at J underscore bucks. And of course the show is at Locked on Bucks. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, fire the cannons. Thank you for joining us right here on Locked on Bucks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.